Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside Bucks Radio's Justin Garcia. I say that with emphasis, as it does say Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio on the Zoom call right now. I can't say what mine says because technically I don't work for those people anymore, so we're going to keep that quiet. Justin, the playoffs are underway. We just finished up watching Celtics Sixers. We're going to look at the rest of the East from a Bucks perspective on this podcast a little bit, but we haven't spoken since... The Bucks and Magic schedule has been out and it's all been dropped. Less than 24 hours away from game one. How are you feeling about this? Uh, well, we haven't spoken since, I think, since I called you a fan favorite on, uh, <laughs> on my podcast. And then I did see some people using that on Twitter. So I don't know if that was something subconsciously that I heard or if all of a sudden that's just trending now. So I didn't say that, to firstly. You. I didn't say that, first of all. So now I just assume you're making things up. So Oh, I did see somebody uh, in your mention saying it. So maybe it's catching on now. Um, I was, uh, you know, I, I was a little surprised at how quickly the schedule came out as soon as the games ended on Thursday. But the, I guess in hindsight, you know, what are we waiting for? Where okay. those games on Friday had zero significance that, you know, the only thing that was up for debate was – uh, one of the four or five seedings, and, you know, that doesn't matter. So uh, I was a little surprised that the Bucks were playing on Tuesday rather than Monday and that you have both number one seeds playing on the same day. I was not surprised that there is uh, quite a few afternoon and uh, pre-evening games for the Bucks within this series for uh, a number of reasons. But, um, you know, it's – as I'm sure you've talked about with people and you've seen other people commenting on – just uh, really last week and this week has that NCAA tournament feel where last week was the lead up to who was going to be in the play-in tournament and the jockeying for position in the Western Conference. And now this week with four games a day televised for playoffs that it, you know, it feels like watching a college basketball tournament and seeing basketball at all, all hours of the day. So we know we'll at least have that through – early next week and you know who knows beyond that but for now enjoy it i'm certainly hoping and and just to be clear i was not getting up at three o'clock this morning for denver utah which by the way went to overtime looked like it was a pretty interesting game but listen the only time i'm getting up that early is for the bucks so i'm saving myself i'm saving myself for the three day games uh that milwaukee have and that is going to be a 12 30 p.m tip on Tuesday, so do not forget uh, that one. Um, I also was a little bit surprised, particularly just because uh, in the West they had to play in game, so I thought maybe the Bucks they would just let them roll uh, on day one, but I, I guess they went against that. We spoke a little bit over the last two episodes. We had one a crossover episode with Locked On Magic, and then yesterday with Frank, the matchup in detail. So we're probably not going to go over that again here, but the injury reports 24 hours out from game one have dropped or a little bit earlier this evening they did 
Aaron Gordon, we spoke about this. The fact that Jonathan Isaac isn't there and, uh, you know, I know Frank said that Mo Bamba probably not going to be a huge factor anyway, but uh, I've said this before. I, I think that the more big bodies you have against Giannis, the better. Um, he is a rim protector. So without Jonathan Isaac, uh, you know, I think maybe he might have played a little bit, but he's not there. Aaron Gordon has had issues with a hamstring injury as recently as a couple of days ago. He wasn't even participating in practice. So this is really touch and go. And you know, with a hamstring, any type of mishap here, and he's going to miss the entire series anyway. Right now, he is listed as questionable for the Magic, and Michael Carter Williams is, uh, is I, I think, doubtful with a foot injury as well. So, you know, for the Magic, if they want any hope in this series, if they want to get off to a good start, if Aaron Gordon is not there, probably the guy that's going to get the job on Giannis. Uh, let's just say not a great start to the series. Yeah, you're, uh, you're going to see a lot of Kim Birch then, which yeah, I yeah. don't like my chances if I'm Orlando. And I, I was telling you, I talked with uh, Dennis Newman, who's the uh, radio voice of the Magic and has been for, I think, over 20 years uh, earlier today just to get his perspective on the series. And um, Aaron Gordon is going to be interesting, we'll just say that. as uh, he, he's, he feels pretty strongly that Aaron Gordon's going to play in uh in game one and that obviously he's going to be the guy tasked with defending Giannis because of the injuries that this team has just piled up since the restart um but you know some interesting things about the magic is uh we quickly forget that just as we headed into this pause and the season being put on hiatus Orlando was playing really well where I think they had a three or four game winning streak their offense the last uh, two months of the normal portion of the regular season was surprisingly good and um you know we thought at the time Jonathan Isaac was done for the season and then even when we had the restart I don't think Orlando assumed he was going to come back that in talking with Dennis Newman he said basically you know he had to pass so many different tests to get clearance and even then the Magic weren't really convinced on it that he had to sell them of yeah I you know I'm fine and I'm fully recovered they begrudgingly put him back in. And then, you know, unfortunately you see the injury occur to him where he goes down once again and just another freak injury for him. So a big blow. And I think, you know, had they been able to capitalize on some of that momentum and stay healthy, maybe they would have hung on to that seventh spot. That's the big surprise with them is that they slid down to eight. And I think they went three and five as well. And with a five game losing streak though. So um, you know, you wonder how differently things would have been if they could have, number one, stayed healthy and if they could have stayed as the seventh seed and still had Jonathan Isaac. But, you know, instead it's just uh, uh, a team that there's a lot of similarities with the Bucks, And obviously we're always going to point that out. Uh, not this version of the Bucks, but previous versions. We're always going to point that out because of John Hammond and Jeff Weltman and their connection there. But, you know, the blueprint that we've seen for how this team has been built through the draft is a very John Hammond-esque uh, <laughs> way of building things where you just look for athleticism and size. And, you know, just kind of the last few years, hovering around that will they or won't they make the playoffs in six, seven, eight range, seven, eight really, it feels a lot like what we saw from the Bucks, really for uh, the better part of the last two decades up until Mike Budenholzer took over and Giannis really started to ascend. So if you're the magic, I mean, there was a lot of optimism as, as Dennis Newman said, coming into the restart and that was quickly vanished. And, you know, you wonder what the future is going to look like for this team, especially if 
we continue to see these types of injuries from Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, that's honestly a franchise-altering injury for them. And, you know, Bucks fans know all, know all too well how knee injuries can change the course of someone that you, you have high prospects for. Now, I will say that Jonathan Isaac, you know, he's on a sharper uh, trend than Jabari Parker was at the time. But when you go back to the rookie season, you know, for a fan base, when, you, when that's the guy you're hinging all your hopes on, it's truly devastating. So it sucks. He's been a, an entertaining player to watch. And you, you touched on uh, the makeup of this roster. It's been something that I've, I've sort of found amusing for a couple of years now because none of it makes sense. And Frank said yesterday that Aaron Gordon has sort of been pushed to the three a lot. And, and I agree. Yep. I've always looked at the starting lineup and said, I don't know what the hell the Magic are trying to do here. Uh, they certainly tried to build off a defensive identity and they've, they've just had no sort of chemistry uh, offensively, which is interesting that you point to the run they were at uh, at the end of the season there. So, so we'll see. It's gonna be, you're going to see some interesting lineups. Uh, you're going to see some strange combinations of players out there. It's just funny altogether to think of Michael Carter-Williams playing uh, against the Bucks in the playoffs. But quick note again about our friends over at DoorDash. I mentioned this yesterday, but with people at home, whether you're working at home, uh, just not going out for dinner in general, there's never been a better time to support local and use DoorDash, particularly with the playoffs on. We talk about all these day games that the Bucks have. Uh, might be a good idea to get some lunch with DoorDash. Sit back, have a beer, I don't know, whatever you drink, and watch a game of basketball. Because between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash with over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and of course, Australia. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download DoorDash app in the App Store and enter LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. As far as Milwaukee go for injury report, a really positive sign for them. I mean, again, there was a few niggles throughout the bubble play, through the seeding play. There was a few uh, guys that missed through different absences. Obviously, we know Eric Bledsoe and Pat Connaughton with the virus, but Giannis with a little tooth issue there. Wesley Matthews pulled up a little bit sore with an adductor. Uh, looks like a full clean bill of health, except for Ursan Onyesobo, who has an elbow strain. Uh, I tweeted this out. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to track it down to see if it's a little bit of table tennis elbow because if he's been playing table tennis a little bit too much, then I think it calls into uh, criticism the, the no doubles rule. He might have been working too hard on the table tennis table. I don't know. I, this is the first I've heard about this elbow injury with Ursan. Yeah, I mean, it could be pickleball because that's apparently the rage <laughs> down there in the bubble. So that's, that's the only thing I can think of where it just kind of – popped up on us just like the Giannis oral surgery note did of, whoa, wait a minute, what is this? And then, yeah, I saw earlier today, Ursa Ilyasova out. Oh, interesting. I'm really curious to know whether they're putting a ban on some of these bubble activities now that the playoffs have started. I I mean, they're playing, they're going to be playing for the most part every other day. Uh, They're certainly not looking to mess around with the playoff schedule like they have in the past. I mean, there's no travel 
in the past we've seen strange like two three day layoffs it's uh it's yeah. kind of crazy the schedule that they run for in the playoffs seem to go forever that's not the case here they're looking to push right through uh the bucks will be hoping that they have a couple of days off uh before the second round by virtue of wrapping this one up uh pretty quickly but it's interesting with ursan and i think it is worth just looking at the Bucks rotation a little bit here. Now, I think Ursan is a guy that we probably all expect was going to slide out of the rotation either way. It's really interesting when you look at the minutes uh, across the eight seeding games. Ursan, and this goes to show, if you had any doubt of some of the lineups and some of the teams that the Bucks were playing in some of these games, then uh, just look at the numbers from the eight seeding games. Ursan Ilyasova played the lowest minutes per game out of anyone and he's and he still registered 13 so every single player averaged over 10 minutes per game i mean clearly some players like the nasa's only played two games within those two games he he played uh, 18 minutes per game so extended time so again uh, i think when you look at that that's where you're like oh geez uh, yeah we really probably shouldn't take a lot uh, from this seeding play but where do you see the rotation because you know uh, honestly if it was last year ursan was a guy that was an every night player that's not the case this year. Certainly, we hope that he's fine and he's a guy that they may need to call upon at some stage, whether it's foul trouble, whether it's some other you know, instance that, that comes in here with Marvin Williams is really struggling. But I, I think as far as can they cover him right now, uh, yeah, I think they're feeling pretty good with Marvin Williams in there. But, but what do you think Bud's going to do with the rotation in this series? It's always a question with him. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I, who knows with Bud that... Um, I wasn't willing to say that Ursan was just out of the rotation just based yeah. off his history and the familiarity that Bud has with him that, you know, are you willing to rule out that in a pinch you need something and we, all of a sudden we see here comes Ursan onto the floor. Um, I mean, I feel like what we've seen is, you know, we all kind of question coming into this and Bud did himself. How would coaches use rotations? Would it be, like we typically see in the postseason where you trim it down to eight or nine guys, or are you just emptying, emptying the bench and playing a lot more guys than you typically do? Um, it seemed like it went up and down for various reasons throughout the reseeding games, but we did basically see who the top three, and we knew who the top three in terms of optics were, but we did basically see in Bud's eyes, here are the top three guys. Here are the guys that are going to get the lion's share of the minutes off the bench. And, you know, it's no surprise it's George Hill, Dante, and Marvin Williams. But, you know, Pat Connaughton is going to be in the mix. So the luxury that they have is, you know, they have all these other guys that, you know, Ursan that you bring up that, you know, towards the end, and some of it was just because of rust and some of it – rest, excuse me, and some of it was matchup. But uh, towards the end, we didn't really see Robin Lopez either where uh, that is, you know, starting to look more and more like as effective as he was during the regular season – that's going to be a essentially breaking case of emergency or depending on the matchup. If, you know, somehow you face the 76ers and you need multiple bodies to throw Joel Embiid, that that's the reason why you got uh, Robin Lopez or, you know, potentially a final series. So it started to feel like we were starting to really see what Bud had in mind for his rotation. And then that last week was just, bizarro week where everything was thrown off because of Giannis's surgery then Giannis only playing 10 minutes and then Giannis getting suspended so that just kind of had a ripple effect through everything but I think we started to see really that week and leading up to it okay here's really the nine guys that are gonna get the most playing time and we assume most of those guys already but 
Uh, here's the nine guys, really eight guys, where Pat Connaughton still feels kind of situational. And, you know, the rest of these guys are just basically matchup-based or if we need uh, something that we think, you know, Sterling Brown's a guy we'll go to now because of the uh, opponent that we're playing if we're, if we're going to go smaller-ish or we just need some type of shot in the arm. Those are the guys that you'll see to a lesser extent in the postseason. But I think my question was somewhat answered in, in how will Bud handle these rotations given what we saw up to that last week where it seems like it's, it's going to be a normal playoff rotation. It's really eight or nine guys. So question without notice, there was one player on the Bucks roster that played in every single seeding game. Do you know who that is? Every single seeding game. Uh, Sterling Brown? That's not a bad guess. And I, I guess you knew it was going to be someone a little bit funny. It was Kyle Korver. Uh, which is just in itself kind of hilarious that the 38-year-old was the one that played uh, in every single game. Uh, he, he played 16 minutes a night. So, I mean, he was definitely getting uh, a run in Kyle Korver. Yeah, I think it's interesting with Robin Lopez. I mean, I think we spent so much time during the season talking about Robin because, let's be honest, Robin Lopez is a fringe, you know, well, on a lot of teams, he's just flat out a starting caliber player. He is. I mean, on, on the absolute contenders, you know, he's a fringe starter. Um, certainly, the Bucks will be hoping that, that nothing happens to Brook. But, you know, worst case scenario, you can, you can put him in there and you're not going to get the level that you have with Brook. But it's, it shouldn't crater... The, the whole entire team. But I, I agree that the reason that he was brought in, it felt like, was for Joel, Joel Embiid insurance. And we saw it on a, on a number of occasions uh, on his defense on Robin Lopez, on Joel Embiid, and they were able to really frustrate him and draw fouls out of him uh, during the, the Sixers Bucks game. So Robin Lopez has been important, but I agree. If I had to go with the guys that aren't in the rotation, it's Ursan, DJ Sterling, Robin, Thanasis. Uh, and then obviously Frank Mason and probably uh, Pat Connaughton for mine is in there. So uh, he's played every night. He's been an every night player under Bud. So I I think that he will be a guy that will play, but I think it's going to be down to those 10 guys as well. You know, what's really disappointing. I've thought about this and probably more so after Sterling Brown had the comments about uh, Giannis and the fact that there's always dirty plays. I think every playoff team has a bit of an asshole on the team, you know, like on court, an asshole on the court and someone that's not going to back down to anyone. He's going to talk a little bit of shit and he's going to get in the face of some guys. And that's really the only thing that the back, that the Bucks uh, lack. I mean, certainly the Lopez brothers can fire up from time to time, but they're also probably too important to your team that you don't want them doing that. And, and you know, Sterling Brown, when I thought about him during the season, he's a guy that can shoot the three while he certainly play physical defense, but he's also a guy that, He's not going to take any shit. And if anything happens with Giannis on the floor, then Sterling Brown's going to be the guy that's going to get in front of him and he'll get thrown out of the game instead of Giannis or, <laughs> or he'll pick up that tech foul. So, yeah, coming into a playoff series where you're going to play a few teams that will try and antagonize you, in particular the Celtics, if that's what happens, you know, it's just a bit of a shame that Sterling Brown hasn't been able to fight his way into that rotation. Quick note now about our friends over at Rock Auto, Justin. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers that they've been doing so for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, 
and prices you prefer. Don't get ripped off by going to the dealership. Just use rockauto.com. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box today? Now we sent you, that's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Make sure you do that. If you jump on rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Which is, is basically what Sterling Brown said after that game against yeah. the Wizards, essentially saying if I was on the floor, this wouldn't happen. So take yeah. that however you want it. But yeah, and you know, there's a number of things that stood out with Sterling um, and last year I go back to in the playoffs when he was a part of the rotation. Uh, I think it was the Eastern Conference Final against the Raptors where uh, it was game one or two. It was one of the early games at home that the Bucks had won. And um, the Raptors were starting to come back. And um, the Bucks call a timeout. Raptors had, you know, the ball or, or get the ball during the timeout. And Kyle Lowry takes the ball during the timeout and is about to take, you know, an uncontested three where every time you see player get up shots during downtime, you always see – you don't want to see the ball go through the hoop. So if you're on the opposing team, you're always blocking it or doing whatever. Uh, Kyle Lowry takes the ball during the timeout and is eyeing up a three, and Sterling Brown walks right in his face. Kyle Lowry tries to sidestep him, and Sterling just basically shadows him. During the timeout, rather than going to the Bucks uh, bench and sideline – He's shadowing Kyle Lowry just to make sure Kyle Lowry doesn't get up a shot that doesn't even count. So uh, it's stuff like that that you point to and you say, man, Sterling Brown plays with an edge. To see that, to hear the comments after what happened with Giannis. And, you know, you bring it up. I think we'd be kidding ourselves to not think, and especially if it's a situation where the Bucks need some type of boost, that Sterling Brown wouldn't be on the floor at some point if for no other reason – than to just be the Giannis protector or the guy that you throw out there and say, especially depending on how the game is going, you know, if Giannis is already getting beaten up, uh, that you throw Sterling Brown out there knowing full well, <laughs> I'll take the bullet here. Look, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say, and we'll see. I mean, this is a, a bit down the line, uh, we hope, for the Bucks anyway. But, you know, there's guys that you just don't want picking up those techs and getting in those situations. And there's other guys that, uh, as you said, I think playing with an edge is the, is the right word that you're like, okay, Sterling, go out there and, and let these guys know that this ain't the way it's going to go down. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But the rotation will be something to watch, particularly in the first round series. Last year, we did see the minutes go up a little bit, even though it was such a ridiculous blowout. They, they didn't get to normal playoff standards. So we'll see what happens this year with against the Magic. As far as the rest of the East, we should talk about this. We've both just finished watching Philadelphia and Boston. And I think it's interesting when I'm watching these other series because uh, every series I'm watching, I'm watching from the Bucks' perspective. And I'm thinking about what does this result mean for Milwaukee? What do I want to see? What players am I watching that can potentially impact a series against the Bucks? Now, I think that the Celtics, I mean, if I had to have a prediction right now, I was talking to some people yesterday about this. If I had to make a prediction for the Eastern Conference Finals, I think it's going to be Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, I yeah. think that the Celtics' offense is going to be too much for the Raptors. I think the Raptors are going to have problems scoring the ball. So, so we'll see. But my only prediction is that it's going to be Bucks and Celtics. So when I think about that, I'm watching this game today and I'm saying, 
you know what? I don't think Philadelphia can get through a second round without Ben Simmons. I think Joel Embiid is going to completely gas out. I, I think that he was he was gassed out today. It was just the fourth time uh, this season that he's played more than 37 minutes and it still felt like the Sixers needed more from him, you know? And he looked exhausted. And whether it's conditioning, just the size of the man, the expectations on both ends of the floor, uh, they rely on him so heavily that I, I was really pushing for this series to extend. I do think that the Sixers need to get game two or else this could potentially be a sweep. But from a Bucks perspective, when I'm looking at this series, I'm saying, okay, Philly, uh, let's take it to the Celtics. Let's see what happens here. And just noteworthy out of this game, Gordon Haywood went down with an ankle injury late. Woj did just tweet that he's going to go uh, for an MRI and check out the damage there as well. So all these types of things are just things uh, to look at from a Bucks perspective. Is there anything uh, from the rest of the teams in the East in particular that you're keeping an eye on? No, I mean, that's the interesting one to me was, so if the Bucks were to play the winner of this series, what makes it interesting is if the Bucks were on that side of the bracket, I think we'd be rooting for Philadelphia to win it. Yeah. Um, just because it presents, you know, the easier matchup for the Bucs. Um, but for whatever reason, and, you know, this isn't just looking at the, the last game they played in the seeding games between each other. But Boston has just been a very tough matchup all season for Toronto that, uh, you know, we keep talking about Toronto and their defense and the challenges they can present the Bucks, And that's all, you know, very true that if those two teams face off in the finals, it's still a pretty tough challenge for the Bucks. But yeah, I'm with you where I just don't think Boston is a good matchup for them. And if that's what they get in the second round, I don't know that we're going to see the uh, Bucks and uh, Raptors in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals again. On the Bucks side, you know, it just seems like, and this is the same thing we ran into and saw last year, but it just seems like Indiana is basically, you know, out of gas already in that, um, you know, Victor Oladipo has, you know, looked okay throughout the restart games. But um, now you have TJ Warren that's dealing with plantar fasciitis. And it just seems like there's too much bubbling up for them. Um, Sabonis will not be playing in this first round. I think it sounds like either and probably not back at all this season. So they have a lot that seems to be adding up against them now that, you know, I kind of wonder if Miami is going to make very quick work of them as well. And then it could be just like last year where the Bucks swept and the Celtics, I believe, swept the Pacers as well. So you got right down to it with uh, two teams having some time off. That's not going to be the case this year where the league has already said, they're going to look into moving series up if, you know, the schedule presents itself where if the Bucks win in four and the Heat win in five, they're probably going to bump up the start of the second round series between those two teams. So um, I just – I think the Heat will get through the Pacers rather easily, and that may be a good thing because last year, just as we talked about, <laughs> do you want a layoff yeah. between these games? Well, do you really want a couple of days extra of a layoff when you're just stuck in a hotel? Well, it's interesting because I, I was taking note of the fact that you sort of pointed to that the NBA said, oh, we're just going to get rolling with the next series. And that does make sense. At some point, there is a backup though, <laughs> you know? Like <laughs> at, at some point, there's going to be a break. I mean, if you keep bringing them forward, unless all the series end quickly, uh, at some point, that's going to back up and you're going to get a few days off. But it'll be interesting to see. I agree. I think Miami are going to get through that one pretty comfortably. In fact... Uh, as I said, you know, the Sixers were right in this game uh, late. Tobias Harris had a pretty good look. Probably would have liked if the ball got in Embiid's hand rather than uh, Tobias Harris. Harris has had a bit of a rough time of it 
Um, particularly in the playoffs over the years, his shooting numbers are not great when you look compared to his regular season numbers. So Tobias Harris is going to have to do more. And remembering no Ben Simmons last year, of course, they had Jimmy Butler. So it's a completely different Sixers team. I see Joel Embiid after the game said, I've got to do more. Well, you know, I, I just don't know if he's capable of doing more. And I think that that's going to be something to watch. So I think the East altogether, Toronto uh, blew out the Nets, by the way, particularly in the fourth quarter. So I, I think, you know, providing the Bucks take care of their own business, I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty predictable uh, first round. But like I said, as we're recording here, game one, just over 12 hours away. It is exciting, i got to tell you. I was watching the playoffs this morning and I was thinking about the fact game one for the Bucks are and you just see that little, that little graphic on the scoreboard that says 0-0 uh, you know, zero, zero at the moment but 1-0 moving forward for a bunch of these teams and you realise that all of a sudden, very quickly, uh, every game means a hell of a lot and it's, it's kind of, you know, it gets you a little bit nervous but also excited at the same time. I was, um, I was curious to see the wardrobe for the coaches as we've seen them all adopt the summer league polos throughout the restart. And okay, is that going to change during the playoffs? And what we've seen so far in all four of these games, uh, the, the only coach I think that wasn't wearing a polo was Brett Brown, who was wearing some type of button down. It looked like, um, so that was my question of, okay, do we see coaches go back to, if not suits, at least something more dressier than polos so far? No. So I guess we'll look forward to the conference finals and finals to see if that changes. I'm telling you, I've been to Florida once, I believe. And oh, I, look, I don't blame them for going with this. <laughs> well, I, I will say it was really unfortunate that the Giannis Wagner headbutt went down because the post game was so serious and so uh, Giannis centric regarding the suspend, possible suspension, what could happen after that, that I didn't get to ask the one question that I was really most fascinated about. And that was Bud coaching in jeans the other day. I, you know, I mean, listen, Justin, you know me. I, from time to time, I, I always try and get at least one serious question in. I don't just fly straight in at the top of the presser asking him about his, his, his clothes. And, you know, knowing Bud, I, I think he might have just kind of looked, you know, kind of strange and maybe not given an answer. So it would have been. Yeah, fraught with a little bit of danger asking that question. But I just had to know. I've never seen a coach uh, in jeans before. It was unbelievable. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, asking the question over Zoom and looking at Bud while wearing a mask kind of takes away a little bit of the fear and knowing <laughs> what the potential Bud type of answer that you could get was. But, yeah, I think it all dawned on every one of us watching the game at the same time where you saw uh, all of a sudden the headbutt. Because it was on that headbutt play where you see Bud get out there on the floor and, you know, initially you thought, is he wearing golf pants? And then once you saw him in between them, wait a minute, are those jeans? I wonder if he was just like heading straight to one of the bars on site after or something. And he's like, listen, I'm just going to wear my, my comfortable clothes. I'm chucking jeans on. This game means nothing. What does it matter? I, I just want to be comfortable when I'm on the sidelines. I have to admit, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that a coach hasn't gone full-blown summer league short style to this point. Right. I think it's too late now. I, I think the time I, has passed. That's what I was waiting for, was just to see these coaches have bets with each other, to see who will one-up the next coach, where we would get a coach that basically takes the Andy Reid wardrobe and is wearing cargo shorts and a Hawaiian shirt on the sidelines. <laughs> All right. All right. We've spoken so much about the Bucks and Magic in the last couple of days. That was the only appropriate way. Uh, to finish the lead-up to the first-round series. But the playoffs are here. It's the middle of August. It's very strange. All of it is very strange, but it doesn't matter because it means the same. The only other question I have is whether 
they're going to change PA announcers between game to game because you don't have the same PA announcer on your side for game one and two and then against you in game three and four. That's the only question I have remaining as we go to the playoffs. But Bucks and Magic, as I said, uncertain about Aaron Gordon. Potentially by the time you're listening to this, you'll have a little bit more info. But the Bucks, for the most part, uh, seem ready to go. And we're excited. Uh, a little bit of a, a rocky path through the seeding games, but uh, listen, I think at this point, everyone's just ready for this ball to tip. Justin, I appreciate you uh, running through this with me. Anytime. All right, so 12.30 tip. I'm sure everyone is well and truly aware. Frank and myself will be back after the game to wrap it up. And we'll roll through this first round series together. So for Justin and myself, Kane Pittman, we thank you for listening and we'll catch you guys tomorrow.